Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Gentlemen, and welcome to Wrestling Revisited for Tuesday night, ladies and gentlemen, August the 21st, 2018. And I am your host, the infamous Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo. And joining me on the line right now, ladies and gentlemen, is the human suplex machine, Mr. John Gross, as we welcome you to another favorite of the past and present, ladies and gentlemen. It is Wrestling Revisited. And as we start out the show tonight, we do want to tell you, we want to thank John for our theme tonight, the SummerSlam 1992-1994 theme, however. And tonight you picked a great moment to be with us. We are expecting King NWO Gerard T. Smith, ladies and gentlemen, here. Joining us also on the show here in just a little bit. But right now we got John with us. And, of course, whoever else wants to give us a call, give us a call right now. 1-605-562-0444. Caller ID 139926-POUND, ladies and gentlemen, Howard. And you can join us right now. And as we begin the show, we must say, first off, Howard, welcome to the Human Suplex Machine. Mr. John Gross, however, on our show here tonight. Yep. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, it's only fitting how we play that SummerSlam theme for you because it is going to be a great night, as we will tell you that tonight we have decided to turn back the clock to SummerSlam 1993, simply called Fat Chance. Somebody has to stop them. The question is, who are we talking about and what happened there? Well, we'll tell you about it here tonight as we begin our uh, flashback show here, and we will tell you about it here right now. As we're doing that, ladies and gentlemen, as I said earlier, we have got a lot to talk about tonight, of course. So let's begin, however, with SummerSlam 1993. Of course, it was held at the Palace of Auburn Hills just outside Detroit Rock City, Detroit, Michigan, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, however. And, of course, this would be one of the last few times, however, believe it or not, however, we would see Hulk Hogan on this show, believe it or not. Hulk Hogan, of course. Well, he wasn't there. Oh, that's right, he wasn't there. Hogan, of course, had appeared at the King of the Ring a few months before. He was supposed to be at this event, but unfortunately his contract was up with WWE after nine years, however, and at the time, however, was pretty much debating on what his future looked like. At the time, Hogan was only just turning 40 years old. He was debating on whether or not to spend time with his wife Linda and two children, Brooke and Nick. As a result, shortly thereafter, we would see Hogan jump ship all the way from the Big Apple to head back closer to home, if you will, into the Ted Turner organization, if you will, by the end of 1993, early 94. And as a result, he would join the WCW. Of course, this event was held, of course, on a Monday night, which was rare, however. This was the second time in two years SummerSlam was held on a Monday night, so go figure. It would be the only two times, however, they would host the event on a Monday night at the same time. 
With that said, let's take a look now, ladies and gentlemen, and tell you what happened how on the show. Before the show began, in a warm-up match, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, the black heart, if you will, of the Hart family. Owen Hart. However, Owen Hart, indeed, Hall of Famer, yes, would take on Jobber Barry Horowitz. Owen Hart, of course, a year later would be involved with Horowitz his would be involved in one of the best uh, steel cage matches of all time in Chicago, Illinois, ladies and gentlemen, with his brother Owen. As a result, Owen, of course, on this night, would defeat, as I said, Jobber Barry Horowitz on this night, ladies and gentlemen, in a singles match to start out the show, ladies and gentlemen. As a result, it would last eight and a half minutes, and in the end, the Blackheart would show, however, that his heart was not at evil yet, but it would be coming, however, eventually before the year was out. As a result, Owen picked up the win here by defeating Barry Horowitz. John, your thoughts about Owen defeating Barry here in the opening contest? Yeah, great match. Indeed, it was a very entertaining match, I would agree, no question about it. Up next, of course, was two guys, however, who got to know each other later on down the road in the 90s in WCW, but at the time were rivals in WWE, if you will. It was the bad guy himself, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, if you will, taking on the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. As a result, they had had an interesting feud with one another, if you will. As a result, Howard, the bad guy, Razor Ramon, ended up defeating the Million Dollar Man. And as a result, the Million Dollar Man, let's just say, paid the price, Howard, by the bad guy as he cut him apart, no pun intended, if you will, by showing he was the bad guy on this night by defeating Ted DiBiase in seven and a quarter minutes. Your thoughts about this one? And not only that, that had to be Ted DiBiase's final match. Yes, indeed. Ted DiBiase would be retiring shortly thereafter as a result due to injuries and some other issues, however. But, of course, he would go on to man some big names, of course, shortly thereafter, including Tatanka, Nikolai Volkov, the Steiner brothers, who we'll talk about here in just a little bit here on this show, ladies and gentlemen, uh, among others. If you will, very, very interesting, good point there, John. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Before we continue, ladies and gentlemen, we want to remind you that coming up tonight, however, we will have wrestling... uh, Revolution at 9 o'clock. John, of course, will have your birthdays and dates. Gerard T. Smith and I will have your news headlines for you uh, that are going on in the world of wrestling today. And we'll also talk about what was a very interesting aftermath of SummerSlam last night in B-Town. Yes, folks, Brooklyn, New York, Howard, at the Barclays Center, if you will. And, of course, as you know, tonight they are wrapping up their four-night stay in Brooklyn with what should be a very interesting show. Among the matches you will see tonight, of course, Jeff Hardy taking on Randy Orton, the Viper. Of course, the Bludgeon Brothers will be taking on the New Day in a no-DQ match. And also, we will have a sit-down interview with the phenomenal one, AJ Styles, to tell everyone what happened this past Sunday against Samoa Joe. And also, my girl, Becky Lynch. Yes, folks, the Irish last kicker was fired up after Sunday's match when she came darn close to winning the Divas Championship away from Carmella or Charlotte Flair. As a result, her one-time friend, Charlotte Flair, did take the title away from Carmella. But afterwards, Becky, let's just say, exploded with that temper of hers and showed that she had the fire and passion and she was tired of being messed over, if you will. Why? We'll tell you about it here, coming up here later on tonight. But also, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk about what was a very interesting aftermath of Monday Night Raw last night in Brooklyn that had some people scratching their heads and wondering, what can happen next? Why? We'll tell you why, coming up at 9 o'clock. Up next, of course, ladies and gentlemen, was another unique match, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, we just talked about the Steiner Bros, if you will. Rick and Scott Steiner, the former All-Americans from the University of Michigan, wrestling in their home state in town, if you will, taking on the Heavenly Bodies Tower, uh, Jimmy Del Rey and Dr. Tom Pritchard. Dr. Tom Pritchard, later in the decade, would form a tag team with Chris Candido, 
calling himself the Body Donis. They were led to the ring by one of the most unique managers of the times, however, James E. Cornette, if you will. And as a result, however, this turned out to be a good defense by the Steiner Brothers by retaining the tag titles, defeating the heavenly bodies of Del Rey and Pritchard here in nine and a quarter minutes. So that being said, the Steiner Brothers made it a good show by picking up the win in their hometown. Your thoughts about this one, John? And a great win in their hometown. Indeed, and of course, nine years later, of course, Scott Steiner would return to the WWE, while Rick Steiner would not return with him, unfortunately. And of course, we know Scott Steiner later in the decade would develop a little bit of a swelled head, if you will, and a kind of an ego problem. If you'll call himself Big Papa Pump, uh, joining up with the New World Order, if you will, with Hulk Hogan and other guys, if you will. Of course, Scott Steiner, since uh, the mid-90s, has developed a little bit of a, let's just say, become a head case, however, with certain people, both in and out of him. But at the time, he was not quite yet the egomaniacal person he would turn out to be later on down the road. That being said, of course, this was a very entertaining match, I would say, by two of the most unique wrestlers of the time. Of course, they held the WCW Tag Team titles multiple times, the six-man tag team titles, I believe, one time, and also belts in Japan, even, believe it or not. So they were very well-known, and they also wrestled in for a brief time, not only WWE and WCW, most of the time WCW and a little bit in WWE, but also in ECW, believe it or not, in the mid-'90s, if you will, by beating Taz and Dean Malenko, I believe, or Chris Benoit and Sabu, I must say, Sabu, but I meant to say Sabu. So uh, some very interesting work by the Steiner brothers here. Now, we want to remind you also, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be an action-packed Wednesday starting at 6.30 p.m. with Outside the Ropes, 14137. Join Chad and myself, Gerard T. Smith, uh, of course, uh, John and the rest of the gang. We'll talk about the latest music, politics, movies, and sports. 8 o'clock, the wrestling debate will be hot and heavy, 139925 pound. And of course, we'll recap SmackDown for you tomorrow night, 138055 pound. Also, we'll talk a little bit about TakeOver and the aftermath of SummerSlam, if you will, tomorrow night as well. So that'll be coming up tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, on our Wednesday show as that should be an action-packed evening of fun. Then on Thursday, of course, Wolfpack Radio, 138521-pound, will take you in at 9 o'clock. And 9 o'clock on Friday night, Revolution, however, where, again, Gerard Teach and I will have the news headlines for you. John will have the birthdays and dates as well, unless something comes up. But I know I will be out of action for a little bit on Wednesday due to the fact that the first high school football game of the season will be coming up this week, as most schools started today and are starting this week. John, I'm sure down in your neck of the woods, they started earlier t- yesterday or today, so I'm sure there's a lot of action going on down there in Front Royal. So uh, we are definitely going to be watching that very carefully. Of course, the college football season is just around the corner, along with the NFL regular season, and the pros are, as, are starting as well, ladies and gentlemen, as I said, and college football and high school football. Of course, this Monday on Raw Radio, coming up next Monday, we'll talk about what teams or teams are going to be ones to watch out for this year in both the NFL and the NCAA. However, as we give you the breakdown, as myself, John, Fonzie, Gerard, Michelle, and the rest of the gang, of course, will be giving their options on Raw Radio, 138744-pound. Be sure to check that out this Thursday, or excuse me, not this Thursday, next Monday at 3 p.m. on Raw Radio. Anyway, let's get back to the action of SummerSlam 93, and then we continue on with another great match here. Shawn Michaels with his bodyguard, Big Daddy Cool Diesel, who at one time was known as Oz and Vinny Vegas in WCW, however, defeating another Hall of Famer, Mr. Perfect, for the IC title. Shawn did win this match by countout here in 11 and a half minutes. Shawn, of course, had had that great match with Tatanka earlier in the year at WrestleMania number 9 to start out the show in Las Vegas. 
John, he would continue his role here by defeating Mr. Perfect in a very intense feud that started right after WrestleMania 9. And like I said, when you look at the three Hall of Famers, you could not name three better Hall of Famers than HBK, Mr. Perfect, and Big Daddy Cool. Your thoughts about this? Oh, one? sir. Well, the match was what it was. Just, just a cheap finish, so I would have seen them go 20 minutes. Indeed, and then, of course, this was one of the better matches of the evening, no question about, of course, the fans of 24,000, which at the time was one of the bigger, the second biggest crowd in SummerSlam history. However, saw a very entertaining match, no question about it. Very good indeed. Thank you very much, sir, John. Up next, of course, was another unique match. Erwin R. Scheister, better known to you all as IRS, or Mike Rotundo, if you will, the uh, father of Bray Wyatt and the uncle of Bo Dallas, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, and also cousin of Barry Windham, back in action here tonight, taking on the 1-2-3 kid who earlier this year, in that year, defeated the bad guy Razor Ramon on Monday Night Raw in what was deemed as the upset of the year on Monday Night Raw. As a result, yes, the 1-2-3 kid put the- and Owens R. Scheister, again, two members of the NWO, if you will, fighting each other on this night. The kid, well, he didn't get the dupe, however, but Erwin R. Scheister got the dupe in five and a half minutes. Your thoughts about this one? A veteran like Erwin R. Scheister beating the one, two, three kid. I would have expected the kid to take an upset over IRS like he did to Razor Ramon. And I think this was yeah. the kid's first loss since he beat Razor. Yes, I'm... <laughs> And uh, I believe you're right. That is exactly right, I believe. You are correct. Because, uh, like I said, just a few months before, we saw a big upset at the hands of the kid. And now, like you said, the kid had been on a roll as of late. And, unfortunately, this was one of the bigger, uh, toughest losses that the kid would have, however, mind you, uh, during the course of that year, mind you. But still, that being said, uh, very good point indeed. No question about it. Very entertaining match, if you will, without question. Thank you very much, Sir John. Up next, of course, was another great match, ladies and gentlemen, as we continue on with our break. Down. It involved another bunch of Hall of Famers. Brett the Hitman Hart taking on Doink the Clown with Jerry the King Lawler. Jerry Lawler had been in the head of the Hitman for much of the year, however, after what we had seen at King of the Ring. Of course, Doink the Clown, better known to you all as Matt Bourne, the maniac, if you will, of course, who was at the very first WrestleMania, also known as Big Josh in WCW. Came back for a brief time, was managed by Lawler, and of course we would see Hart and Lawler continue their feud, however, throughout the course of 93, but at the time, Lawler began to insult the Hitman's family. We saw that uh, end in a kiss my foot match later on down the road between the Hitman and Lawler, but on this night, the Hitman would defeat Doink the Clown by disqualification uh, with Jerry Lawler inside of nine minutes. Of course, the Hitman, of course, uh, the previous year had had that stellar main event match, of course, which was incredible, however, in the jolly old England area against the British Bulldog. And two years before, had fought Mr. Perfect in a great icy title match in the Garden. It seemed like in the first four years of the 90s, however, from 91 through 94, however, except for 1990, though, John, Brett always seemed to deliver five-star classic matches. This one was not one of his better ones, but still, for what it was, the Hitman put up a decent effort here. Your thoughts about this one? And I'm sure he did. Although he wrestled twice because Jerry had brought in Doink the Clown first. Yes, yes he did. Because Jerry claimed to have been injured, but we all know what happened there. Yes, and of course you were right, uh, right, the Hitman Hart would be fighting the next match because of what had happened, however. And as a result, Jerry the King Lawler would defeat Bret Hart by disqualification there in the next match. You were right in six and a half minutes. But uh, out of the first of those matches I listed, 91 through 94, I mean, if there was one match that stood out for you, the Intercontinental title match, the main event in 92, or even the steel cage match in 94, which one of those uh, matches would you say is the top one overall? I mean, I can 
It's tough for me to decide, but I would have to go with the main event of the year before 92 in, his, in, in England. I mean, him and the Bulldogs just tearing down the building in front of 80,000 people. Yeah. Just absolutely giving the fans their money's worth. We saw Lennox in the corner of the Bulldogs. We saw the hitman have no one in his corner, but he didn't need anyone in his Imagine corner. Imagine 1994 between Owen Hart and Brad Hart. You're going to go with Fred and Owen for the following? Now you're after this in Chicago? Okay. Very good opinion. Yep. Thank yeah. you very much. I would have to agree there. Very good opinion, John. Thank you. But I'm still going to go with 92. I still think the one in England with Fred and the Bulldogs just tearing down the building in Wembley Stadium. I mean, we saw 80,000 people go crazy. And then, of course, as you said, your opinion's a, a good one, too. I mean, 20,000 people in Chicago the following year, of course, at uh, the Allstate Arena in Chicago, the Rosemont Horizon, if you will, of course, the next year after this, hour, between him and Owen. Of course, they had had that great match at Mania 10 in the Garden. Of course, it carried over into SummerSlam, if you will. That being said, very entertaining match, to say the least, however, between those uh, two. But uh, on this night, Brett, of course, uh, did not have one of his better matches in SummerSlam history, but that's okay. Anyway, up next was a very unique match, ladies and gentlemen. It was Ludwig Borga, if you will, taking on Shawn Michaels' one-time partner, Marty Jannetty. Of course, Ludwig Borga, of course, better known to you all as Tony Holm. Of course, he died two days after his 47th birthday in 2010 due to a gunshot wound. He was also known as the Viking or Finland Thor, staying 6'3", 300 pounds. He, of course, was trained by Maza Saito, of course, we lost earlier this year, however, along with Vern Gagne, Gene LaBelle, and, of course, the uh, American wrestler who would also make an impact in the WWE, if you will, how, or should I say not the WWE, the AWA, if you will, Brad Regans. As a result, he would take on a guy who has been in trouble over the years, Marty Jannetty. However, as a result, Marty Jannetty would make one of his final appearances here for the WWE on this particular night, and as a result, he will lose here in five and a half minutes. Your thoughts about this one? What was it again? Ludwig Borga and Marty Jannetty? Yes. Uh... Marty couldn't get, get out of the starting gate. Apparently he couldn't. Yeah, I would agree with you there. And, of course, Marty, of course, had been split up uh, by his longtime partner and uh, buddy, Shawn Michaels, of course. Uh, as a result, he tried to team up with the one, two, three kids shortly thereafter and form a new group called the New Rockers, which was successful. He also would wrestle in USWA for a brief time. ECW, of course, uh, but we do know that over the years he has found himself in some serious trouble if you will, with the law, however. Uh, the last time he was in WWE, believe it or not, was nine years ago when he lost against The Miz. He also appeared in the December 3rd edition of, I believe, 2009, however, my, or 2008, I think it was, or seven, I can't remember which. But at the time, however, believe it or not, however, uh, as a result, however, Sean, we saw what happened, however, uh, in that feud, however, but as a result, however, we saw what happened. But, uh, i got to ask you a question. I'm going to ask everyone the same question out here now. Do you think, however, uh, prior to uh, the Rockers splitting up, how they were one of the better teams of the 80s? I mean, they were a good team. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm getting at is this. Do you think maybe Marty Jannetty, however, uh, was always jealous of Sean getting the attention compared to him, and then later on, of course, Sean would go on to bigger things than him, in your opinion? Yeah. I would agree. I would definitely agree. I would definitely agree there. No question about it. Unfortunately, of course, as we said, how he would also wrestle for a brief time in WCW. Of course, he never amounted to much referring to Gennetti, and as a result, we told you what has happened since then involving Gennetti, however. But uh, that being said, thank you very much, Sean. I would have to agree with you. No question about it there. Uh, up next, of course, was our uh, 
third to last match of the evening. It was The Undertaker with Paul Bear. Oh, yes, Paul Bear and The Undertaker back together again. How are ladies and gentlemen, taking on the giant man himself. With feeling, J.D., with feeling. Oh, yes! With uh, Johnny No, Wilson. no, no, no. With more feeling. All right. Oh, yes! There and you go. Was, thank you. And this was a rest in peace match. We saw what had happened at Mania 9. Giant Gonzalez, better known to you all as El Gigante, of course, in WCW in the early 90s. This would be one of the last times we would see uh, Giant Gonzalez around, if you will, Howard. Of course, uh, we saw what happened shortly thereafter. Of course, El Gigante, of course, uh, mind you, uh, in very poor health shortly after this and later on would pass away due to kidney failure, if you will, at the age of, I believe, 41 or 42, which is unfortunate. But uh, that being said, ladies and gentlemen, however, we uh, can tell you, however, that The Undertaker won here in the Rest in Peace match inside of eight minutes. John, your thoughts about this one? Uh, Yeah, good. Good one. Not as good as their previous encounter at WrestleMania. Yes, yes, very good indeed. Good point. And of course, as I mentioned, Jorge Gonzalez, better known to you all as El Gigante, of course, passed away at the age of 44 due to kidney failure, of course, in 2010. Uh, he would retire from the sport a couple of years after this hour. Of course, at the time he retired, he was the best big man in the sport by far, bigger than Andre the Giant, standing an amazing eight feet tall. That's right, eight feet tall, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, weighing over 450 pounds, believe it or not. Uh, before we continue on, ladies and gentlemen, we do have an update, ladies and gentlemen, however. Uh, we talked about it last week, ladies and gentlemen, where you can check out the WWE Superstars and Arena near you. And we can tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, that it has been confirmed and has been and has been signed, sealed, and delivered as of this afternoon. John, I think you're going to like hearing this, however. We know about the big 1,000 show that, of course, tickets will go on sale this Friday in your neck of the woods. The nation's capital, however, for the big show on Tuesday night, October 16th. But, ladies and gentlemen, next weekend, I believe it's next week, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's on Friday, that next Friday morning, ladies and gentlemen, if you're in the Philadelphia area, get ready, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the Wells Fargo Center, Monday Night Raw returns to the city of brotherly love and the home of the Super Bowl champs, the Philadelphia Eagles, if you will. Yes, folks, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, get ready, Monday night, October the 15th, the Wells Fargo Center, we are going to be back there, however, with a great show of Monday Night Raw, and yes, folks, it promises to be very exciting in the home of Cheesesteak, Rocky Balboa, ECW, and everything and anything in between. Now, as we mentioned, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget this week, ladies and gentlemen, coming up this Friday and Saturday, you can meet Becky Lynch and Paige at the Santa Clara Convention Center in Santa Clara, California. Next Monday night, Monday Night Raw, this next Monday will be in our good friend Gerard T. Smith, the neck of the woods, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Yes, folks, Oh, Canada will be the place to be next Monday and Tuesday as the superstars head up to T-Town, if you will, Toronto, Ontario, Canada at the Scotiabank Arena. Plus, next Wednesday and Thursday, excuse me, next Thursday, ladies and gentlemen, at the Metro Toronto Convention Center from 4 to 8 and then from 5 to 9, come meet Triple H, AJ Styles, The Miz, and Charlotte Flair in T-Town. Then, of course, the hits just keep on coming. Monday night, September the 3rd. Right after Labor Day, actually not off after Labor Day, right on Labor Day, we will be in Columbus, Ohio, if you will. Yes, folks, the Buckeye State in the Ohio State University, live at the Seanstein Center two days after the Ohio State University football team begins their season. And, of course, speaking of Ohio State, we will know their fate tomorrow of head coach Urban Meyer. Could he be suspended the whole year? Could he be kicked out 
of the school altogether. We'll know by tomorrow what will happen, and we will break down the news, and we will have an update on that news story for you tomorrow night on Outside the Ropes. Be sure to check that out at 6.30. But anyway, we will be there Monday, September 3rd with Monday Night Raw live at the Seanstein Center in Columbus, Ohio. Tickets are already on sale for that event. Then Tuesday, September 4th, two weeks from tonight, we head back to Detroit. Yes, folks, Detroit Rock City. Get ready at the Little Caesars Arena. We're going to be coming back to your town right after Labor Day on Tuesday, September 4th. And then Monday night. September 10th, the first Monday night of the NFL regular season. Oh boy, are we going to be ready for this one? It is going to be an emotional week, to say the least. First, at the Smoothie King Center down in New Orleans, we return back to the Big Easy for the first time since April, and that's going to be a lot of fun as we head down to Louisiana. Tuesday, September 11th, the Cajun Dome in Lafayette, Louisiana, in that neck of the woods of Lafayette. Then, Saturday, excuse me, not Saturday, Sunday, September 16th, we head to San Antonio. Yes, folks, get ready. Shawn Michaels' hometown in the Lone Star State in the Alamo City. Hell in a Cell is coming to you live there. Then on Monday, September 17th, Raw comes to you live from Dallas at the American Airlines Center. And then Tuesday, September 18th, ladies and gentlemen, we head to Tulsa, if you will, to the BOK Center live with SmackDown Live. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, and then, of course, we close out the month in a big way, live from the Mile High Cities. We'll be feeling high, to say the least, September 24th and Tuesday, September 25th. In, of all places, Denver, Colorado, with SmackDown and Raw Live. Plus, on Tuesday, September 25th, just announced this past weekend, you can check out The Miz right before the show that night, however, in Littleton, Colorado, however, on Tuesday, September 25th, from 11 to 1, at 5066 South Wadsworth Way, Unit 120 Line, in Littleton, however, 80123, from 11 to 1, from 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. on Tuesday, September 25th, and then Monday, October 1st, ladies and gentlemen, right before the big show in Australia, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, live at the Keep Arena, and yes, the Hoda Center, formerly the Rose Garden, if you will, SmackDown Live and Monday Night Raw will be coming to your neck of the woods there, too, as we will have a great show for you there, of course, to start out the month. Of course, we're going to start it out in Seattle in October in Seattle, Portland the 2nd, Saturday, September 6th, of course, October October 6th, we will be live in Melbourne, Australia for the Super Showdown there at the Melbourne Kick Ground. Of course, the big match that everyone is already talking about, of course, is going to be the final confrontation, the final chapter of what has been a long-standing showdown over the years between the game, the Cerebral Assassin, the King of Kings, COO Triple H, against your man and everyone's favorite man, John. Yes, folks, dead man walking will be hitting the ground in a big-time way in the land down under of kangaroos, Vegemite, and, of course, boomerangs. And they are going to steal the show, I feel, at the Super Showdown at the Melbourne Cricket Ground Saturday night, October the 6th. And then, finally, Monday, October 8th, ladies and gentlemen, we head back to Chicago, one of my favorite cities. Chi-Town is going to be rocking again, ladies and gentlemen, as it's going to be a lot of fun. Monday night, October the 8th, live in Chicago. Tickets go on sale two weeks from Saturday in Chicago. That is going to be a lot of fun. And then finally, Tuesday, October 9th, ladies and gentlemen, we, of course, head to Indianapolis, into Indianapolis, Indiana, to the Banker's Life Fieldhouse with SmackDown Live there in Indiana, the Hoosier State. So, John, over the next six weeks, it is going to be a crazy time for the WWE superstars traveling all these miles. But uh, as far as crowds go, I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed to see their favorite superstars all over the area. John, are you with us? Okay, I think John had to step out. No, not at all. Oh, okay. John's back with us. 
But, uh, yeah, as I said, John, it is going to be a crazy six-week stretch coming up. Believe me, it's going to be a lot of fun. And for you NXT fans, this Friday night at the Bardo Armory in Bardo, Florida, they will be doing a show there. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at the Minerag Hall this Sunday, at, excuse me, Saturday night at 7.30 in Largo, Florida. Then, of course, ladies and gentlemen, next week you can check out NXT live at the Maxwell Snyder Armory next Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. A week from Friday at the Havert L. Fenn Center in Fort Pierce, Florida. And yes, folks, also we will have for you, however, some other locations, including upcoming Thursday, September 6th at the Buffalo Riverworks in Buffalo, uh, New York, the Crystal River Armory in Crystal River, Florida, uh, the Midtown Cultural Educational Center in Daytona Beach, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, also at the Cocoa Armory in Cocoa, Florida, however, in September 8th, also at the Packer Music Hall in Ohio. I'm still here, J.D. Ohio. Okay. I'm just going over the next few dates real quick. Uh, we'll be coming up that same night in Warren, Ohio. Pittsburgh, yes, folks, Stay J.E. Tickets are still available for that show coming up two weeks from this Friday, Friday night, September 7th. So NXT is going to be hitting the locations not only in Florida but all over uh, pretty much the East Coast. Like I said, Buffalo, Pittsburgh. Uh, we will also be hitting, of course, some other places, including, uh, let's see, uh, like I mentioned, Daytona Beach. Of course, this weekend you can check out the superstars back in their home state, but I believe they'll be doing tapings for the upcoming shows. I believe tomorrow night, I believe, at full sale, if I'm not mistaken, if not Thursday night, folks. But we will be watching that very, very carefully, folks, and that is going to be an action-packed night, to say the least. Anyway, let's give you the number one more time, one six zero five five six two zero four four four. One three nine nine two six pound. We are expecting hopefully King NWO Gerard T. Smith, who by the way turned twenty one last week. We want to wish him a happy twenty first birthday on behalf of John, myself, and the rest of the radio gang. Howard Gerard from uh, your brothers here, however, at the uh, network. However, we'd like to wish you a very happy late birthday, my friend. Hope it was a great birthday, full of beer, and then somehow we hope you enjoyed your day. And we are looking forward to hearing from you later on this evening, ladies and gentlemen, with your headlines along with me at the news desk at 9 o'clock. John, of course, will have your birthdays and dates as well. That will be coming up tonight at 9 o'clock. Excuse me. Anyway, so, folks, that is where you can catch the superstars at an action facility near you, however. Coming up, ladies and gentlemen, however, uh, in the next month or so, month and a half. So it is going to be a lot of fun, believe it or not. So get ready. Anyway, now we're going to talk about... Our semi-main event here, ladies and gentlemen, at WrestleMania number, or excuse me, not SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Yeah, I got it right. SummerSlam 93, ladies and gentlemen. It was a very unique six-person tag. It was the Smoking Guns, Bart Gunn, who, of course, later on would, of course, be knocked out by Butterbean, if you will, with his storyline brother, Billy Gunn, if you will, of course, if you know the one Billy Gunn or B.A. Billy Gunn of the New Age Outlaws, teaming up with Tatanka, taking on, of course, Sam Bam. The Beast from the East, who I think next year should be going into the WWE Hall of Fame, along with the Head Shrinkers, if you will, Batu, if you will, of course, aka Rikishi, and his partner Samu, if you will, with their uh, managers, Luna Fashan, of course, Bam Bam Bigelow's girlfriend at the time, however, if you will, and of course, one of the other small crazy Samoans, Alpha, if you will. As a result, this would go 11 and a half minutes, and in the end, the Smoking Guns and the a Native American would do some shooting around, no pun intended, and scalping, however, as they would defeat the Beasts from the East and the Head Shrinkers here in a six-person tag. Your thoughts about this one? Yeah, good match. Good match. Indeed. Keep the opener going. The yes, main event. Indeed, how, uh, flowing. Yes. And, of course, as we said, of course, off, of course, as you know, back in the day, of course, had a very unique partner, of course, uh, with his partners, Samula and Sika, 
managed by Captain Louis Albano, of course, 10 years prior to that, of course, in the late 70s into the early 80s, known as the Wild and Crazy Samoans. They would take on all sorts of teams like uh, the Soul Patrol, Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson. They would take on the Strongbow Brothers, Jules and Jay. Uh, they were a very dangerous team, no question about it. And, of course, on this night, the Head Shrinkers, as we said, were a pretty unique team. Of course, Fatu, who, of course, would later go on to be, uh... <coughs> excuse me, uh, form another team later on in the decade, of course, calling himself Too Cool with, of course, Scott Taylor, a.k.a. Scotty Too Hottie, and, of course, the late son of Brian, uh, uh, excuse me, the late son of Jerry the King Lawler, who we lost just a few weeks ago, uh, Grandmaster Sexay, a.k.a. Brian Christopher Lawler, if you will, however, that always had the fans entertaining with our hip-hop dance movement and rap style, if you will, however, uh, very unique, of course, for Kishi, would also at one time become a mo- somewhat, I wouldn't say a monster heel, but a decent, me- okay, mid-card heel at best. To say the least, and of course, we told you about the history of the smoking guns. <laughs> and speaking of which, ladies and gentlemen, that now leads us to our big main event, Howard. And I know everyone's going to be talking about this one, Howard. Lex Luger and the Lex Express, if you will, of course, Howard, taking on Yokozuna uh, with Jim Cornette and Mr. Fuji here. Of course, Yokozuna had been body slammed the month before by Luger. Yoko, of course, had proclaimed for weeks on end until Luger had done it on the 4th of July by celebrating America's birthday by slamming then the new champion, who, of course, who had won the title for a brief second, only to lose it back to Hulk Hogan, but to get it back a second time, Howard, uh, shortly before Hogan would leave, Howard, in late June of 1993, and then stay undefeated for a good while, uh, holding the championship, if you will, however. Uh, this time, this reign would be very interesting, to say the least, however. As a result, this time, uh, the reign involving, uh, I'm just going to check here real quick, if you want to uh, bear with me here, folks, how long Yokozuna did help hold the belt for, of course, uh, the first time, as we said, however, uh, that uh, Yokozuna won the title, of course, as we said, ladies and gentlemen. The title only lasted not very long. The second time, Hogan, of course, which turned out to be his fifth and final reign of holding the title from Yokozuna, if you will, however, mind you, would only last six weeks. But Yokozuna, however, was in the midst of a, a year and a, almost a year-plus reign. He would lose it the following year at WrestleMania 10, but he would hold it a second time for 280 days. That being said, of course, uh, very interesting to say the least. He is ranked number 20 all-time when it comes to holding the reigns, however, with two different title reigns. Hulk Hogan, of course, in his reigns, of course, are five different reigns, however. I uh, will tell you how many times, uh, how many days total he held that belt for over the course of his career. Uh, of course, as we said, he held it for five different times during his career. Actually, six different times, excuse me, uh, during his reign. His combined total days... 2,185 days. He is second all-time in the list, right behind Bob, ahead of Bob Backlund, and way behind Bruno San Martino. The first time he would hold the title, of course, was in December, or excuse me, not December, January of 84, and as a result, over the next 1,470 days, however, he would hold it, however. The second time he would hold it, he would hold it close to not even a year, but the biggest reign, of course, for Hogan would be the first time when he won the title from the Iron Sheik after the Iron Sheik had won the title from Bob Backlund, who, of course, held it for 1,470 days. However, from, uh, like I said, February of 1978 through December of 83, the Sheik, of course, would hold it then for four weeks before Hogan would then capture it, of course, in January of 84 in front of 20,000 people at the Garden. As a result, however, Hogan would hold for the next three and a half, almost four-plus years. That being said, Hogan was pretty much done at this point with WWE, however, a few months prior to this. But as a result, Yokozuna would then begin his second reign as champion by taking the belt away from Hogan just a few months before uh, at the King of the Rings show. 
Uh, Lex Luger tried and tried his hardest over the next few years to get a hold of that title. He would never get it, unfortunately, and shortly thereafter, in early 1995, he would head back to WCW, if you will. There he would meet with Hogan, of course, and then the two of them would feud with one another a little bit off and on over the next several years, however. The only time that Luger would beat Hogan, of course, was the 100th episode, which was a very controversial, questionable episode in this same episode. Four years after this, however, believe it or not, in August of 1997, during the 100th episode of Monday Nitro. But that being said, Luger, of course, coming up a little short here with the championship, however, but he did win the match by countout, however, but did not win the title outright. John, your thoughts about the main event here with Luger and Yoko? Um, it was a good main event. Kind of expected Luger to be champion. Certainly. And uh, did you, uh, were you always a big fan of Lex Express? Because to me, I was never really a big fan of it for some reason. I don't know why. It just it rubbed me off the wrong way. I think Luger, of course, had, a, uh, of course, Luger's first opportunity with the big belt, of course. Uh, second big chance, I say. Not the first big chance. The second big chance with the belt came shortly after this at the Royal Rumble the following year in January. And, of course, we all know the controversy that ended up being that, however. But, uh, Please go ahead with your thoughts here. Uh, not not really. Not I wasn't really a fan of the Lights Express. Certainly, certainly I wasn't either. But there you have it, folks. Uh, our thoughts of SummerSlam 1993, and I do want to thank uh, the Human Suplex Machine for uh, giving us a uh, SummerSlam thought here tonight. It's only fitting during SummerSlam week, however, that we give you uh, some of that today. Uh, before we continue on here, ladies and gentlemen, we want to ask John very quickly, and while we're doing that, we want to ask John very quickly to get out the plug real quick as I have to step out for just a second. When we come back, we're going to ask John if there's any big birthdays to report. And then we want to talk about a little bit about what happened last night in Brooklyn that raised some eyebrows to many people. So, uh, John, if you want to get out the plug, and uh, I'll be back in a second, then we'll ask you uh, what big-name birthdays we have, if any, today real quick, and then we'll talk about last night's run. So I'll be right back. Well, I'll talk about the birthdays later on. Okay, well, if you want to get out the plug real quick and everything, I'll be right back. Okay, one six zero five five six two zero four 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 uh one three nine nine two six pound we'll be here until twenty minutes. Hi, what happened to you? How you doing? Good. You know what, man? I call I call this the hair claw. See you later. All right. Okay, I'm back. All right. All right, and I'm back now, ladies and gentlemen. And 
That being said, we're going to talk more about what happened. It was a very interesting night last night on Monday Night Raw. As uh, we welcome you back, ladies and gentlemen, however. Uh, John, a lot went down last night in Brooklyn. Of course, the big story, obviously, of course, everyone's talking about, of course, what happened in the main event between Finn Balor and Baron, or Finn Balor and Roman, right? <clears throat> Sorry, I got something caught my throat there. <clears throat> there, better. Uh, Roman Reigns and Finn Balor. Of course, uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, who earlier in the night, however, we saw what happened in their affair with uh, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. That came to fruition, however, as Dean looked pretty good in his uh, first uh, appearance back on Raw in over eight months. But at the end of the night, however, the boys known as The Shield, however, definitely had a lot to say, however, and let's just say made a big impact, however, not only on uh, Ron Strowman, however, but the entire Barclays Center as they triple powerbombed the monster among men, and left him laying just when it looked like he was ready to cash in. Your thoughts about this last night? Uh, an okay Raw. Roman Finn was a good main event. The Shield interrupting and attacking Braun was good. We knew we knew there was going to be interference from them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I thought the reunion was going to happen at SummerSlam. Certainly. Too. Yes, I really do did we, uh, think it was going to happen. Do we, do we see uh, possibly maybe a match? However, possibly maybe, however, uh, with uh, like I said, possibly Braun and uh, Roman maybe at uh, maybe possibly Hell in a Cell coming up here in a few weeks. It could happen. I mean, there's been some talk, however, about that happening. Uh, we could very well see that, no question about it. Thank you very much, there, John, no question about it. Another story that everyone's talking about, of course, is uh, the whole thing with Stephanie McMahon, of course, as we mentioned, ladies and gentlemen, but right now saying, however, mind you, however, uh, saying that she's taking credit for the women's thing, however, and especially after what she said about Ronda Rousey, however, and, of course, a lot of people saying that uh, what Ronda said the other like I said uh, last night, was very interesting and very unique. But uh, I got to get your spin and take on this whole thing with Rousey. How? What's your uh, opinion about this? Well, this is going to lead to Rousey ending up fighting Stephanie one more time. Yes, I would. I would have to agree with you. I would have to agree with you. There's no question about it. Very good thought indeed. No question about it. Of course, uh, we'll have to wait and see how that happens. Very good thoughts indeed. Uh, the question is, uh, does she, if, if it's not Stephanie. Does she hire a local gun, i.e., uh, your girl Shayna Baszler, maybe taking on Ronda, possibly? Yeah, it could happen. I mean, there is some talk about that, I've heard. Uh, but we will definitely be watching that very carefully, indeed. No question about it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, also, uh, before we continue on, ladies and gentlemen, I, I do have some, some sad news to report in the entertainment world tonight. And I will mention it here, uh, like I said, how as I can just try to find it here. Uh, like I said, however, uh, according to reports, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Barbara Harris, who appeared in such movies as Freaky Friday, however, back in 1976 with Jodie Foster, Rose Point Blank, Peggy Sue Got Married, Plaza Suite, among others, apparently passed away earlier today of lung cancer at the age of 83 in her home in Scottsdale, Arizona. Harris, of course, was a uh, star of those movies, however, back in the 70s, of course, as we said, however... She, of course, was nominated for Golden Globe, however, mind you, however, uh, in 1975 and 76, however, for Best Supporting Actress, however, uh, in a musical, music uh, slash comedy, of course. She also appeared, of course, in 1979's movie, The Seduction of Joe Tanyan, playing the wife, of course, uh, 
of Alan Alda back in the movie, however, mind you, along with Meryl Streep and Rip Torn. She also appeared in the 1986 movie Peggy Sue Got Married uh, with uh, Kathleen Turner. And in 1988, ladies and gentlemen, she appeared in the Steve Martin, Michael Caine comedy, Fanny Banks from Omaha, if you will. But her final film turned out to be in 1997 with Gross Point Blank. Uh, about 13 years ago, she resurfaced, however, mind you, however, on XM Satellite Radio uh, doing a podcast. But again, our thoughts and prayers are with Miss Harris's friends and family tonight, a very unique actress back in the day. She was also a Tony Award winning uh, winner, if you will, born in Evanston, Illinois, just outside of Chicago near Northwestern University. She began her career in Chicago, her home city, by appearing with such uh, superstars as Ed Asner, better known to you all as Lou Grant on the old Mary Tyler Moore show. Elaine May, of course, who, uh, of course, appeared in movies such as California Suite, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, back in the uh, late 70s, if you will, as well as Heaven Can Wait, where she uh, was actually a writer for that, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, in 1978, as well as co-writers of Reds and Tootsie Reds, of course, being the movie with Warren Beatty, Diane Keene, uh, Jack Nicholson, of course, Maureen Stapleton, Tootsie, of course, starring Dustin Hoffman and Cindy Pollock, of course, mind you, as well as Dabney Coleman and Jessica Lange. And, of course, she also wrote The Birdcage, believe it or not, referring to Elaine May. Not many people knew that, ladies and gentlemen. That was the one with the late Robin Williams and, of course, Nathan Lane. You can also see the French remake of that uh, pre-produced movie of The Birdcage, ladies and gentlemen, called La Cage et Follet. From 1978, a very funny, goofy comedy, which is like the Birdcage in a way, and uh, has uh, some French acting and, of course, Italian uh, subtitles to that movie, if you will. Uh, like I said, another movie, of course, another person that she appeared in the theater with was uh, Mike Nicholas, believe it or not, the famous Mike Nicholas, who we lost, sadly, four years ago, uh, two weeks after his 83rd birthday. If you will. Mike Nicholas, of course, a very underrated director, uh, stars of movies such as The Graduate, if you will, and, of course, uh, other movies, including uh, The Odd Couple. He directed the musical version of The Odd Couple, I should say, not the one with Neil Simon. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, and he was known for his work in The Graduate, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. Biloxi Blues with Neil Simon, if you will. Uh, of course, teaming up with Neil, of course, is Matthew Broderick and Christopher Walken. Uh, he also started with Nick, uh, also his good friend Meryl Streep and Nicholson. Of course, if Jack Nicholson, referring to Jack Nicholson, however, if you're not Christopher Walken, in 1986, a romantic comedy, Heartburn. And of course, the 1983 drama with Meryl Streep, Kurt Russell, and Cher, Silkwood, if you will. He also did The Birdcage and Postcards from the Edge with Meryl Streep and uh, Shirley MacLaine back in the day. So, some very unique film work that Mr. Nicholas, uh, Ed Asner, and Elaine May uh, worked with, however, uh, as far as Miss Harris goes. So, she was a very famous actress, let's just say. But again, we lost a very special, talented young uh, lady at the age of 83. And again, our thoughts and prayers tonight are with Miss Harris's friends and family here on the radio network. Uh, it's about 7.48 here uh, on this rare Tuesday night. Unless uh, John has anything else to add, I think we're going to close up shop here pretty soon. No. Nope. Uh, John, do you have anything to close up? You don't? Okay, thank you very nope. much, sir, John. See you later. All right, so John's taking off on us now, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank uh, John. Uh, for uh, coming in. However, we are definitely appreciative of that. Uh, so, John, uh, again, we do want to thank John for his special moment here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. one six zero five five six two zero four four four. ladies and gentlemen. However, caller ID one three nine nine two six pounds We were expecting King NWO Gerard T. Smith, ladies and gentlemen. However, uh, let's just say, however, if you will, however, like I said here, 
Uh, we can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we, I believe, have heard reports now, and I cannot confirm this yet, though. I want to check real quick before we uh, get things settled in here real quick. Um, we did hear that the viewership was very interesting last night, so we do want to thank John for reporting that to us, uh, ladies and gentlemen. However, like I said, we're definitely going to be uh, checking on that however, here in just a little bit. Huh? Like I said... Uh, we're going to, uh, like I said, have uh, some interesting uh, music to uh, close us out uh, with uh, the music tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, like I said, however, like I said, however, uh, I will be back in a second, however, to uh, take us out with some music here. So uh, sit tight. I'll be back in two minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, I'm back, folks. I'm just just trying to get some stuff here done. Bear with me. Okay, here. Uh, like I said, however, we're going to, like I said, have uh, some interesting music to close out. So I'll tell you if I can find it here. Okay, here we go. We're going to take you out uh, right now with our theme for the evening. However, we do want to thank you all, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us here tonight. However, again... We will talk to you, however, at the same time, same place next week. Unfortunately, again, we were expecting King N.W. Gerard Hughes to join us on the line, but unfortunately, an obligation fulfilled him. But we did extend our uh, branch to GTS and see if he was going to join us tonight. Unfortunately, GTS cannot join us again tonight due to a prior obligation, but we will check up back in with him uh, here in a little bit. But, folks, thank you so very much for joining us today. Hello. Uh, like I said, folks, uh, we will definitely check back with you again at 9 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, with uh, wrestling, uh, like I said. However, we'll definitely definitely uh, check back in with you here in just a little bit. Gerard, of course, and I will have your news headlines for you at 9. John will have the birthdays and dates. We'll also talk about SmackDown. We'll talk about TakeOver. We'll talk about what was a very interesting Raw, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. So, folks, uh, thank you so very much tonight. Right, again, the Human Suplex Machine and I, along with everyone else, including GTS, MLD, Michelle Lindodds, Mr. W. Series, Chad Hinshaw, The Last Kicker, and Rick and Bach, we all thank you for joining us tonight. We'll talk to you in the same place next week with another Wrestling Revisited show. Hope you enjoy the rest of your night. Be careful. Be safe out there with the weather. We'll catch you up next week, however, ladies and gentlemen. However, uh, that being said, we will definitely uh, talk to you soon. Have a great night. And as we take you out tonight, we're going to play Neil Hefty's... Uh, music soundtrack to the 1968 comedy movie The Odd Couple, one of my favorite movies with Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. This is the closing theme for our show tonight. We hope to talk to you again next week. Have a great night, everyone, and enjoy the rest of your evening, and we'll talk to you next week here on Wrestling Revisit. So for the Human Suplex Machine, this is the Iceman saying so long from inside. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great night, and now our closing theme.
Good night, everyone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.